0: Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute,
1: this is the
0: Weekly Workplace.
2: Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you today, Missouri Training Institute. Hi, Dewey. Hi, Ray. Hello. Hello, hello. How's it going? It's going well, I think. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) um i I think it's going well. How's, how's, how's
2: like you here? Why I'm are good? you being hesitant when you say I, that? dude? Do I we? don't know. I don't that know. Question I, got, I just feel like you. I got put on the spot all of a sudden. <laughs> how's it going? That's a really big question. It, it is. is a big question. It really. Yeah. We, you walk around and and you know one of the other things I like to do to you all occasionally is tell me something good. Tell, and I yeah, see and your you, eyes just kind of yeah. and then I just huh? it just goes
1: into the song. <laughs> it's song which I won't even remotely begin to try to sing but uh, I don't know which yeah. song you're talking about now I don't even know what now. song you're talking about Tell Me Something Good
0: uh, i never heard of uh-uh. it before
1: oh well don't make me do it you'll have to google it oh man oh, I know what you're talking. talking
0: tell me
1: something
2: good there you ding, go ding. oh I do know that song. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, every time you ask it, I'm just like trying to scramble my brain Mm -hmm. for something that's good. And, you know, it's not that there isn't anything good. It's just, you know, I I feel put on the spot all the time. I know. It's a
2: hard question. (laughs) Hard question. Apparently, just like, how's it going? Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. So let's talk a little bit. It's going differently depending on
0: what you're talking about. It
2: is. It is. You know, I, 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 this topic today, um, we kind of change gears. We have so much fun on this podcast, but, you know, I really. Really, I think this was a great topic that, that Ray brought to the table here, this idea of ego. All right. Letting go of ego. And I'm curious, as we kind of think about this, have you all had experiences with maybe some ego invested leaders?
0: Oh, yes. I have run into several ego invested leaders. And I have quickly learned, though, that when I spot them, um, I kind of tune out. I'm kind of done listening. <laughs> if that makes sense. Because, you know, they're always right and everybody else is wrong. You know, they're the smartest in the room. Everybody else is the dumbest in the room. Um, and it just turns me off so much that I just kind of have to tune them out um, a little bit. But that's just me personally. Um, and I'm sure that we've all have uh, experienced some ego-invested leaders before. I think of one person at the bank, uh, Ray, years and years and years ago, that I was pretty ego-invested. And um, I believe... I believe there was a change and you actually had to work for this person for a little while at, at a certain location. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's interesting to to understand what ego is, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you want Freud's definition of ego or, you know, a lot of times when we think of somebody with ego, uh, you know, we think of egocentric, you know, centered on ego actually translates into the word I
2: mm-hmm.
1: capital I. And so, when we think somebody's egocentric, you know, they're f- centered around themselves self-centered. But I' found a lot of, not a lot, but I when people present themselves sometimes as maybe egocentric, I have found many of them to be less than confident mm-hmm. actually. And it's almost, you know, they they present it to in a way to keep people out or because they are so unsure or they have low self-esteem, which um, actually was this person you're speaking of had horrible self-esteem and it presented itself as it's all about me, Mm -hmm. which was really weird because they didn't know what they said they knew and they couldn't do what they said they could. And, you know, but it it was interesting Mm -hmm. where that comes from.
2: That is interesting, you know, because I I often think that there's a fine line between like self-confidence and ego. But what I'm hearing you say here is that sometimes we're seeing people that kind of have more ego or egocentric um, who have no self-confidence or lower self-confidence or lower self-esteem. That is interesting to me.
0: Well, I think the key key word that ray used was they present themselves in yeah. a way you know maybe deep down they are so insecure yeah. that they don't want to let people in on it right uh, on their insecurities so they present themselves in more of a egocentric way you know when i think about ego you know it, to me it's kind of the kind of tells the story our own stories right of who we are you know it's my my version of my story of of who the heck i think i am And sometimes I I guess I would say that I think I'm spot on. And other times I'm sure that I've inflated my sense of importance in other times as well. So um, but I think when I think of ego and like you said, it's the word I, but it tells the story of me. It's, It's my version of who I am and where I came from.
2: So what's interesting or perplexing to me in that case, and maybe this is where this ego comes in. But what if you don't know? Is that where you're scrambling to try and put on some type of persona and it comes across as with a negative connotation of ego? Uh, You know, it certainly could.
1: Um, If you don't know who you are, what you stand for, what you believe, if you don't have a sense of your purpose, then, yeah, I think you could be somebody in one one arena and be somebody else in Mm -hmm. another arena and just kind of, I think of like blowing in the wind, you know what what fits the situation i'm in
0: mm-hmm.
1: might be seen as more and and the the new word when i was doing my research on this the new word was egoism. Yeah mm. i thought that was interesting. Which means well kind of the same thing this idea of like ego but more encompassing than just the the egocentric because we as part of our ego we also have That thing inside ourselves that might be monitoring and measuring our behaviors. I almost think of it like they're trying to save you from, you know, an unfortunate incident. So egoism is more encompassing than just this egocentric or ego invested individual. Mm mm-hmm. um, So it, it it could be that. Let me let me say it could be that voice in your head that's saying, oh, you don't do that. Don't apply for that job. You you don't have the skills. You don't have all the skills for that job. Mm-hmm. That's part of your egoism. That's mm-hmm. part of your ego. You
0: know, I think I think we often develop our sense of ego in how we judge our relations with other people. You know, we look around and we see, oh, she Ray's got it so together. Ray's got it and, you know, I'll never be that good, you know. Um, so oftentimes I think that ego, it forms, it develops because I think we compare ourselves often with other folks.
1: There's definitely a formation of that ego, probably at a very young age, right? When we're really trying to create that sense of who we are, you know, how we're being raised, how we're being talked to. Um, and then what we start telling ourselves, mm-hmm. definitely, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: that that self-talk, mm-hmm. positive or negative.
1: When we think of ego, we always think, "Ah, oh, he's got a big ego," you know. It's big,
0: self-righteous ego, right? Yeah. Right,
1: but it, it it's in all encompassing as who you are. So not just what you think you can do well or what you have done in you know your trophy room, but it's also what you think you can't do. Mm-hmm. It's also how you kind of the filter in which you view the world. I think is a broader term of what Freud meant when he talked about ego. Ego is the balancer between the id and the super ego, right? It's so it's that that day-to-day person, that existence, not just ego is a bad thing.
0: Right. Right. It serves a purpose, right? You know, our egos help us cope. Um, you know, our ego helps us to kind of understand who we are and what our talents are and what our strengths are. So, you know, a, a healthy ego is a great thing. It's, right. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Um, but unfortunately, I think you're right. I think people usually approach it from a very negative point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And so that's why it gets confused with confidence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, it's, you know, he, This person's a confident leader. So when we think that this person thinks they can do everything, you know, we might see that as, oh, they've got a big ego. But there's a difference between self confidence Mm -hmm. and, you know, what we're talking about as that maybe a little too invested in themselves and, and what they're able to do.
0: So uh, think then, help me think through, you know, typical characteristics then of somebody who's pretty self-confident and not necessarily tipping the scale into that egocentric negative realm.
1: You know, when I think of confidence overall, confidence is about your ability to make a decision in the choice about how you can do something So meaning, I I use this as an example when I talk to people, you know, I'm at a softball game and I approach the plate as the batter with confidence. Now, am I confident I'm going to hit the ball? No, but I'm confident in the moment of choice that I'm going to make the best attempt that I possibly can. Right. So competency is getting it right. And confidence is your ability to think about it right. Right. As I approach the plate. So that's to me, confidence. I go into a networking event. You know, I, I don't know anybody in this room, but I'm confident in my ability to walk up and shake hands and make eye contact and generally chit chat in the moment. However, I'm also confident that if that doesn't occur and I trip in the room, fall on my face, break off my front tooth, I'm also confident that I will be able to recover Right.
0: Did that actually happen to you?
2: <laughs> no, but it did
1: happen to somebody I was at a networking oh, event with. Yeah. In fact, it jammed her tooth up uh, into her. Oh, ouch. her heart. It was a whole thing. Really? I mean, when she fell forward, she fell on a table anyway. But th- so confidence is also, you know, I can recover from this. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the worst that can happen? I get out, you know, I strike out at the plate. Oh, well, you know, I'm going to learn from that.
2: And move on the next time. So ego would be sitting up to the plate and saying, I know I'm going to smack this out of the ballpark.
1: Every, you know, I've already told my players I'm, I'm the best one out here or, you know, that they, they over exaggerate their
0: abilities. Yeah. Or they yell out to the outfield and say, come on in. (laughs) This is going over the wall. Right? Right. Yeah.
2: So really being unrealistic. Uh, in their approach to, to than unrealistic about limitations or weaknesses that they may have. And you're not going to hit the ball over the fence every single time you come up to bat. So yeah, and I'm probably never
1: going to hit the ball over the second baseman's head, uh, much less the fence. But am I going to give it my best shot? You betcha. Mm-hmm. You betcha. I have no doubt about
2: that. So no doubt. if we're in a space then where we are dealing with maybe a little bit more of that overcome that ego investedness, I guess how, you know, going back to kind of what this whole episode is is letting go of some of that. How, how do people let go of some of that? Because it seems like something like that would be highly ingrained in your own thoughts and the things you're saying to your yourself day in and day out. So I mean,
1: to me, I, I think somebody that's, if we're tipping the scale onto that ego invested individual, I'd say they're probably not very self-aware. Mm-hmm. Because in order to change a behavior, you have to be aware of it. And you have to be aware of its impact. You know, and we could get into the whole discussion of emotional intelligence yeah, related absolutely. to that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I think one of the first things is get a feel for how you're presenting yourself and how people are, you know, um, taking you in, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, mm-hmm. Self awareness, always go there.
0: Well, it is the hardest to me is it's the hardest skill in terms of developing in, in a leadership capacity. I think it's one of the hardest things to do. Taking a very honest look at yourself. And being open maybe to feedback from other people Absolutely. about that. I think that would be a sign of somebody who's being able to maybe let go of the ego, you know, where they're actually asking for feedback from somebody about about themselves. You know, how am I, how am I doing as your leader, for example, and asking somebody that and listening and um, really understanding what other people are saying, not agreeing with them, but, you know, understanding what they're saying uh, and then make some kind of change, you know, take that information and do something with it.
2: There's a level of curiosity that comes with this. We have to be willing to say, okay, maybe I don't know everything that I thought I knew and being willing to be curious about what else can I be learning.
0: I will say that um, uh, I love working with smart people. I mean, it, it just, it's so much more fun to work with smart people. And that's one thing that I will say is that it's not to say that they have to know everything, but they always remain curious to me and I and I love that because they're that that just lets me know that you know what, uh, they're they realize they've got things that they can learn themselves, they got they realize that there's always room for improvement, you know, and and I like that.
1: Well, and a lot of times it's not learning about the topic as much as learning about the person and what that person mm-hmm. knows about the topic, mm-hmm. um, and so you can be curious in that moment, right. Like you might have written the book on, you know carbon and, uh, you know, our footprint in the universe. You might, but I'm sitting around the table. What do you all know about it?
0: Yeah. If you can't communicate that in a, in a way that makes meaning for other people, you know, that's a lack of that emotional intelligence that you're talking about.
1: Right. So I think not just being curious about for your own, like, what else can I learn about this topic? But what do these people already know about Mm -hmm. this topic? Mm -hmm.
0: So what are some other ways that, you know, people can let go of the ego beyond just remaining curious?
1: Well, I mean, you you talked about taking feedback. Mm -hmm. And again, if you're not going to do anything with it, you know, why ask why ask the question in the first place? But, you know, if four out of five people who know you are just like, yeah, that's pretty much you, you know, and <laughs> then obviously it's, it's something that if mm-hmm. you want to change how people perceive you,
0: why is it then Ray, from your perspective, why is it that people are afraid to seek out feedback about themselves? Why, what, what is, what prevents people from doing that?
1: Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it could be fear,
0: mm.
1: mm-hmm. you know, Um, I, I, I don't want to know. So if I don't know, I can just proceed until apprehended kind of thing. So I think sometimes it's fear. I think sometimes it's just people don't know to ask Mm -hmm. people just, you know, I've heard it said, and I know you have too, Dewey. Well, if you don't like me, that's your problem. Yeah. And from a leader's perspective, that's a horrible attitude. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean,
1: you don't necessarily have to like me, but my goodness, how am I going to get you to do anything willingly?
0: You know, yeah. I, I think I mean, feedback itself, you know, when I think about that question, I think feedback itself, just like we talked about with the term ego, feedback itself comes with a negative connotation. Absolutely. Most often. And I think people don't look at it as a gift. They look at it as a problem. Right. You know, this person's going to tell me some things that I don't want to hear. Um, so they don't really see it as a gift. And I guess um, one thing I always learn from you, Ray, um, is that you are the final judge of any feedback that is given to you, right? You you can agree or disagree with any kind of feedback that comes your way. But if you start looking at feedback as a gift, I think it really kind of helps then for you to be able to kind of maybe learn more about yourself, you know, as opposed to, oh, it's a negative thing coming my way. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to listen to it. Yeah.
2: Well, and on the same, the same line there, I think it's important that our leaders are giving feedback in all circumstances and not just the circumstances that, you know, are, are, I would say negative, you know, where I'm giving you feedback on something that I want to see changed. I want to give you feedback on the positive stuff, too, Mm -hmm. because that's what happens is you'll see people who only get the feedback when they've done something wrong. So, of course, they're not going to look at it as a gift. I mean, what? <laughs> Give me something to work with, too. Here, let me know what I'm doing right. Yeah. But yeah, I can see how that would certainly help in seeking out or releasing some of that, that ego, uh, seeking out some of that feedback. You know, I think one of the things that I saw, and I saw this on the board the other day, so as we're talking more about this. This is, I'm, I'm, I think I'm finally grasping it. But I saw this on a board as I was driving home, and it said, use your power to empower others. Mm, mm. And I, when I think of this with, with regard to our focus here on ego, sometimes it's important for leaders to let go of that control and to allow the empowerment of others um, to, to go full force, see what happens, you know, see what happens. Definitely release some of that micromanaging. I had, (laughs) I told you all, I've I've had a supervisor in the past who uh, not only micromanaged, but certainly made every conversation about him. And, um, it, was very disempowering. It felt mm. uncomfortable to work for them, and so I think once you you let go of some of that, you can foster a culture that's more appropriate for the work environment, and it can certainly empower people to be the must, their best selves.
0: And you know, when I think about micromanagers, though, I kind of go back to what Ray said earlier about they're probably very uncomfortable with their sense of control, you know, I think oftentimes when, especially I see this with new, new leaders, they, they feel if I empower you, then I'm abandoning my control as your leader, right? Cause I'm going to allow you to make more and more of your own decisions. And, um, I, and I think that, you know, when I think about empowerment, it's not about abandoning your control. It's about transforming the control into self-control with your employees. Right. Um, and so I often think that, with empowerment, actually, you get more accountability, not less. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, but I think that's the problem with a lot of novice leaders that they think if I empower you, I lose control, you know, so, you know, that means then that they have to maintain the sense of, uh, of accountability, right? Because right. it's all their ideas.
1: Right. Micromanaging comes from lack of trust. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, thinking about, I can't trust you to do this. Right. Or what if you end up knowing more than me?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: There is a fear. Yeah. Yeah. So there there's kind of that unconscious, you know, you can unconscious competence, you know, or conscious comp, or unconscious incompetence, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, um, approach to things. But you have to be aware of yourself.
0: But as a leader, in order to empower people, it's also important that you give them the tools and the skills that they need, right? It's hard to empower people if they don't have the knowledge to do what you're asking them to do. Um, so I think focusing on development and again, that idea of learning, um, that idea of growth, of knowing where your employees are at and um, where they need to be or where they want to go and what are we doing to help them get there, I think is a, an important way to kind of help them learn their own sense of power and, and create that empowered environment. Because as a leader, you can't just go out and bless people and say, you're empowered, right? Go forth and, and be good. It's, it's about creating the environment Where people realize their own power, their own full potential.
1: And all of these things apply to the individual because the individual is going to have to be the one that lets go of ego.
2: Exactly. Right. I'm going to back up the last strategy and one of the last things um, that I really enjoy. And this made me think of a Sesame Street episode. (laughs) But <laughs> when we consider ways to kind of let go of that ego, um, you know, in engaging in the questioning process of, of never never allowing the solution to to just be what it is. So what I mean by that is I'm watching the Sesame Street episode with my son, and every time, every episode, there's a problem. And when there's a problem to solve, you say, I wonder what if Let's try. And so, constantly kind of engaging yourself in those kinds of mental conversations of can you know, so you're pushing yourself forward and you're not being settled or content with what you know and how you know it. But now it's like, I wonder what if let's try. I wonder if somebody else has a better idea at this table than I do. What if they really do? You know, well, let's try their idea, you know. And I think that those are some things that we can even ask ourselves to let go of some ego. So, and, thank you, Sesame and, Street.
0: Yeah. And what was the name of the book? Uh, Everything I Learned in life i learned in kindergarten or something like that <laughs> yeah. I can't remember yeah but that's a, that's a that's a a really interesting way to look at it you know because it's it's about remaining curious mm-hmm. right and again I think that that helps you
2: well as we start wrapping up this conversation on letting go of ego any final thoughts or any final tips well really changing the minds that ego is you you are
1: yourself. So it's not always bad to say to t- say the word ego. We just attach that negative concept to it, but it's there for a reason because of our experiences and so letting go of ego we mean in the sense of you know overinflating in yourself.
0: Mhm. So, yeah, I'm with Ray. It's about um, it's about understanding that ego is not such a bad thing, but it can be taken too far. Right. Right. You, you can get stuck in it um, if you're not careful. And, and um, when you get stuck in it, I think that's when you need to let it go.
1: Well, and that's when you stop asking the questions. So you you're in your safety zone, security over curiosity, because it might
2: be a challenge to what you think, you know, mm-hmm. or what you think you're capable of. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we are certainly interested in any ideas that you may have as well. What's worked for you? What are some things you've done to let go of ego? Um, Go ahead and leave us a comment below or send uh, send them to us at mti at missouri.edu. Also, if you have any episode ideas for future episodes, things that are going on in your workplace that you'd want us to chat about at the round table here, send those to us as well. And until next time, go be great.
0: nice.